Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Welcome. Hockey to hell and back, episode number 128. It is been a hot minute since I've been in this seat. Thank you to everybody who's joining us live on YouTube and today on Facebook as well. And of course, everybody tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those good places after the fact. Thank you. This is a big episode. Really excited about this. I'm even shaking a little bit. Got some nerves. We got the, the Sportsnet crew in the house for the story that's going to be featured January 20th on Hockey Day in Canada. And for anybody that's been following along over the last few years, you know that this is where it all started. It was once called Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. 
Uh, but I had I had a little bit of an issue. I'll tell you the a quick story before we bring in Kipper. I remember I was having uh, Doug Doug Gilmore on Killer for the second time, and I remember looking at the picture and it said "Hockey to Heroin" featuring Doug Gilmore. I was like, I don't know if that's a great look. I said, I think we need something a little bit better that will resonate with with more people. And shout out to my guy Pete Fry, one of my mentors since I was seven years old. He's like, what about hockey to hell and back? And I was like, boom, nailed it. So here we are. We're close to 270 episodes later, almost four years. And wow, has a lot changed. Um, I'm just over overcome with gratitude. This show brought to you by the good people at True Temper Hockey. Make sure you're following them on social media at True Temper Hockey. They started to support me right away. I think I had like 400 followers and they were like, hey, we see what you're doing. We want to help you. And I've been with them for the last three years and they're just incredible people. Great product. But oh, a huge thank you to the people at True Hockey and also brought to you by Puck Support, PuckSupport.com. It's okay to be not okay, among other things. We're going to get into that. Um, we're Before we bring in Kit, last thing. We're going to be giving away a couple of hats. These are the new ones. We got the purple and green logo here. Uh, purple is to remember all those hockey players that have sadly passed away by overdose and green for those who have passed away by suicide. And as I'm sitting here, I am aware of 115 hockey players who have sadly lost their life to mental health or addiction. And uh, it, it ranges from 14-year-old girls, sadly, up to retired NHL players and everywhere in between. And when I started doing this show a few years ago, I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only hockey player who struggled with mental health and addiction. And I found out real quick once I started to share my story that I... I was not alone. I also found out very quickly how lucky I, I was to be alive. And I, I felt I felt called to share my story, but also share the stories of those that we've lost. You can see pictures behind me, just a few of them. But I'll never stop sharing my story. I'll never stop fighting for change. And listen, it's not about blaming hockey or anybody in hockey. It's about using the greatest game on earth as a vehicle to ignite change and to, to help people understand that, that this stuff can happen to anybody. So we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as the show goes on, or I'll wrap it up at the end. But I want to bring in my friend. This is the second time he stopped by the show. I am a huge Nick Kiprios fan. But let me tell you, that wasn't always the case. I'm from Vancouver. I was seven years old and I had a dream. I thought Pavel Bure and Trevor Linden and Kirk McLean were going to lift the Stanley Cup. I was going around my neighborhood with a teddy bear with the Canucks jersey and a wagon going, go Canucks, go, go Canucks, go. And it didn't happen. The New York Rangers crushed my dreams and Nick Kiprios was a part of that. But now today I'm a huge fan of his work. I watch Real Kipper and Born almost every single day if I can't catch it live. I'm watching it after. I was telling these guys earlier, I'd rather watch that than hockey sometimes. So without further ado, let's bring him in. My buddy, Nick Kiprios. Brady, how are you? Yeah, Kipper, doing well. Thank you so much, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, always great to catch up with you and once again, be reminded of your story. And I can assure you right now, there's a seven-year-old Brady out in Vancouver right now cheering on the likes of JT Miller and Quinn Hughes and Petey and Demko and uh, they're doing a terrific job out in Vancouver. So uh, keep the faith. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry I ruined it for you in 1994, but there's also 2024 coming, my friend. Yeah, there's there's a picture of you with the cup. What a what a yeah. what a great what a great moment. And you know, when I gave up on the Canucks, I, I had my hopes up in 2011, and I was down <laughs> I was downtown, and the city got torched, and that was it for me. And now now where I sit today is I'm just a fan of the game. I love the game. I yeah. love the people in the game. I have a lot of friends that are still playing. Some guys that I work with in the summertime, and it's all about just seeing them do well and uh, and just to be a part of the wow. game. What a gift, you're, man! You're you're doing more than just being a part, man. You're you're part of the fact right now congratulations on your 270 and 270 shows quickly turns into 500 and, and a thousand so before in a blink in an eye but man just want to reinforce too brady uh how proud i am of uh, of hearing your story and uh it means that much more to me working with a guy like uh, uh justin Bourne, mm. who has a similar story i mean you're hockey to hell and back he wrote a book uh, down and back. Right. Um, so uh, similar stories. I don't know if you've had Justin on your show yet, uh, but uh, uh, if you haven't, um, we'll make that happen. And it's uh, it's an episode that I will not miss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words. And yeah, I was going to bring that up actually. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, familiar with, with JB and, and his story until obviously he's kind of on the show and wrote the book, but um, he's using uh, the platform to, to really help people. And, and I, you know, I love his story. I love that he's on the mend and, and I love the way that he kind of sees the game. And, yeah. and I just kind of want to talk a little bit about your show before we get into it, man, because I mean, on any given day, like I try to catch it live and I'm not kidding. You can ask my girlfriend. I think, <laughs> I think she's probably tired of me just sitting on there with my iPad watching. I'm like, I can't, I can't right now. Right. Gotta, gotta listen. Um, but you guys are doing one hell of a job and, uh, and it makes it, you know, more exciting. I think for fans when, when they have access to, to guys who understand the game, who have been there and can shed some light on it. So keep up the great work. And I would love to have JB on the show. And I'll, and before we go any further, my, one of my favorite parts of the whole show, is when you go Sammy McKee I <laughs> that guy that guy kills me man like I yeah. you guys have just a, a, a great chemistry and obviously you're the captain of the ship um it, it's great it's great to see what you guys are doing so um I, I would love to kind of just you know we're not going to spend a full hour here we'll just spend you know 35 minutes maybe 30 um and, and go over a few things I know that you know obviously you had a, a tremendously successful hockey career you're successful now after hockey uh, you, you had some troubles with concussions. We talked about that on the last show, but kind of where I want to start is just kind of where you see the game today, as far as like a mental health standpoint, because on the show yesterday, you guys were, you guys have mentioned it a few times, you know, is, is that different? You're talking, uh, you know, to, to chief there and, and, and talking to him about, Hey, like, what's the difference of talking to players and that door open policy? Do we talk about mental health? Do we talk about the individual? So kind of like, what's your assessment on the game today as far as like when you played compared to yeah. now? Well, leaps and bounds, Brady, I can assure you that some of the things that were said to us or some of the things that were done to us um, are, are no longer there for coaches as a vehicle to motivate or squeeze or uh, add another win to their um, one loss record. So uh, I'm very um, comfortable in saying that uh, we've made uh, tremendous strides in being aware of certain battles that uh, someone can have behind the scenes and being more sensitive to it. Uh, 
but at the end of the day, we know that uh, this is a hard business. This is a performance business. It's a, it's driven again from, from going out there and um, making the most of your opportunity. And if there is a situation where players need to step back, uh, I think they are allowed that, uh, that opportunity now more than ever before. Uh, but like I said, it's a, uh, is a performed business. And if you're not there, someone else may take your job. And uh, unfortunately that, that uh, anxiety, uh, that, uh, that feeling for an athlete isn't a great one, uh, but there's no way around it. But as far as what I can see in the year 2024 is uh, we're well aware that that's an issue Uh, before you needed to physically show me that you're hurting today it's legit that you can be emotionally hurting inside and uh, the people that run, uh, run the league have to know that and respect it. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's the best, we're talking the NHL, it's the best hockey league in the world for a reason. And, and that's sort of like that, that line of, you know, you want to, you want to be able to take time off, you want to support, but, you know as well as anybody that there's always somebody knocking at that door, looking for that next opportunity, whether it's mental health or a physical injury. So it's kind of like for me, look from the kind of the outside looking in, I work with with quite a few of these players. And to be honest with you, over the last few years, I've had more current NHL players reach out to me privately, kind of just to have somebody to lean on because oftentimes they're worried about, you know, their general manager, their coach, or their team psychologist even finding out because there's still that, you know, if they know what's going on, is it going to affect my playing time? Are they going to trust me on the ice in situations? And I'm just kind of curious is I'm always wondering, like, how do we, is there a way to kind of combat that? And is that something that maybe you can think back to your playing days? If, if you were in that situation and, and it was the way it was today, do you think you would, you would be comfortable coming forward and talking about some of that stuff? Uh, yes, today I would be much more comfortable. And, uh, the bottom line here, Brady, is that there's strength in numbers. And once yes. you feel like you're not alone, which I think you have, uh, made it abundantly clear over the last few years and Justin Bourne as well. Once you start feeling like you're, you're, you're not going through this all by yourself or you have to hide or disguise or bury um, then there's the healing process that can start a lot faster. So uh, again, with supportive teammates who understand if, if, what, if, if, if they're not going through it themselves, they're, they're educated a lot more than we've ever seen our athletes uh, in the past. And this starts from grade school. Yeah. Uh, well, it starts in the home right? First and foremost, the home, it's getting to schools, it's getting to the workforce, it's getting to professional sports. So uh, again, uh, for people out there who are suffering, knowing that there's a support group out there makes all the difference in the world. So again, I think we are making great strides. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's such a great point. It, it, you know, strength in numbers. I've seen it time and time again in my life where like vulner, vulnerability is strength. It, it not only has made me feel more comfortable, but the moment that I started to share my story, other people, I get inundated with messages 
uh, on the daily of people I've never met who will say, Hey Brady, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, you don't know who I am. Uh, but you know, X, Y, and Z, and they'll tell me things and they're like, I've never told anybody that before. And the reason being is because exactly to your point, they see that somebody else is going through something similar and that they're not alone. And, you know, I think a big part of like my story and when I was struggling, even in junior hockey, I did everything in my power to make sure my teammates never knew, to make sure that my coaches never knew. And it came out in, it came out in many other ways. And on top of that, it also allowed other people to create their own narrative, right. About what may be going on with me. So I think, you know, it just, I just kind of wanted to touch on that uh, before we get any further, but um, question for you too, and kind of going to be all over the place. That's the story of my life here. Where are we at with the state of the game in your opinion? Right. Like, you know, fighting's kind of taken a back seat. Uh, we're seeing a lot more hits from behind uh, all the, all the things that, you know, you talk about on your show, like where are we at with the game? I know the skills at an all time high, but what's your analysis yeah. of the state of the game? Yeah. I, th- I think overall, um, you know, Brady, I, I think it's in good shape. I really do. As far as the pure skill is involved, my goodness, I'm watching the kids do things out there that I've never seen before. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot's been made out of the Michigan move and it's just, this is just showing the range and the creativity that the players have that, uh, you know, at times we, I'm not going to say we pigeonhole ourselves into certain, um, you know, uh, compartments like, you know, I'm a fourth line guy or I'm a tough guy or I'm a fighter or I'm a scorer or I'm a, you know, uh, stay at home defenseman. These kids now have such a wide range of what they can do or how they picture themselves contributing to the team that it continues to grow. And I think that's a fantastic thing. Now, you know, are we truly seeing more hits from behind Brady or is it just the fact that every time we add another team into the league and we've got 32 now and we've got as many as what, uh, uh, you know, 16 games going on. So there are going to be percentages that rise strictly from the odds of something happening on the ice. But I got to really believe that when it comes to, you know, the things that used to happen 15, 20 years ago are not happening at the same rate that we watch today. I think so much of the game has been cleaned up. And I know there was a, a fairly, uh, you know, interesting incident uh, between Minnesota and Winnipeg with Ryan Hartman uh, and, you know, whether or not there's retribution or how do you get it? And, uh, you know, do you, do you fight the person that you're combating or do you go after someone innocent on the side to, to send a message? All of that stuff is still out there in terms of, of, of having that perhaps as a tool or vehicle but I can tell you what used to happen on a nightly basis probably happens, you know, two or three times a month now, which again um, speaks to the way they've been able to clean up the game. So, you know, just to circle back to your original question, I think it's, it's in a, a good state. Uh, are there things that we can improve on and make it better? Absolutely. But Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, yeah. Worth the price of admission, right? Oh, Sydney yeah. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is going to be 37 years old and could be looking at his, uh, 
his second uh, 50 goal season uh, and he hasn't had one probably in 15 years. <laughs> it's amazing what he's doing. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of bright spots around the national hockey league. No doubt. And, and, you know, I see it. I, I'm very fortunate. I get to work with quite a, I've kind of landed a, a, a dream position, if you will, uh, up here in Muskoka in the summertime, Sam Gagne hired me as a head coach. I got to work with Otsi for a couple weeks and Adam Nicholas and, you know, working, yeah. we had 40 something guys that are full-time NHL guys come through our camp last summer at different times. And, um, you know, just to, just to, isn't, isn't Adam, isn't Adam Oates a treat to be around with his uh, knowledge and, and your thirst to learn from him? I don't know if you caught Adam on our show earlier this year on Real Kipper and Born, but uh, to, to a lot of your uh, listeners and followers, if you have not heard Adam Oates on our show, go back and find the podcast from earlier this year because he is he's something to listen to. I really enjoy having him on our show. Yeah, I, I of course I remember that. I watched, I think I watched that one twice, to be honest. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'll be honest, just to talk about Otzi a little bit, I didn't have much of an expectation because to me, he's like the GOAT, right? Of, is, of hockey skills. He's got everybody and anybody under him that he works with. And uh, I was, I, you know, I'm telling Sam, I was telling Gags, I'm like, do I just, do I just fill up water bottles? Do I sit in the stands and watch? And, and from the first day we had in the morning, I showed up, uh, it was 7 a.m., we had like, Owen Power, Casey Middlestad, Jeff Skinner, Samuelson, and Jacob Bryson. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, and then we had groups throughout the day, but he's like, you're coming out, right? And by the end of the first day, he's let me take groups. And, and, you know, to your point, like he just was, he just loves to teach. He loves the game. Like we're even walking in the lobby of a rink and he saw a kid holding a hockey stick and he wasn't holding it the right way. He's like, Hey, come over here. You know, let me show you whatever. He just always has the time to teach. And and I think I learned more in that week than I did in, in 30 years of, of, you know, playing and watching the game. So what, what a gift, but yeah, just a, a real cool experience, but just kind of to my point of, of bringing that up is, is just to see it firsthand to see, where the guys are at and their skill level is, is pretty incredible. And I was able to watch Connor McDavid versus Connor Bedard in Edmonton a couple weeks ago. And that was the first time I saw McDavid live and his first three steps. It's not even real. Like no. it's unbelievable. It, it's just, it doesn't even make it's, sense. It's like a video game. I, I asked the guys in the summertime, right? Cause we got, I mean, JT and, uh, like, you know, Taylor Hall and like, you know, a couple first first overall picks and Owen Power, like three first overall picks among other guys and Bo Horvat. And and I looked at them. I'm like, so what's the deal with Davo? Like, how good is he? Tell me. And they're like, we have to tell him to stop ruining hockey for everybody else. That's how good he is. And I just yeah. I just kind of laughed. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I think actually we may have you mentioned the Michigan. We may have Mike Legg, who is the original. Uh, yes. guy to do it actually I grew up and got to learn from him a little bit when I was a kid uh, he was a he was a skills coach in my area I think he's watching right now so shout out to him I just want to bring that up since you brought up the Michigan yes. what's your take what's your take on that I want to get into some more kind of deep topic topics but the Michigan I mean back in the day I could do it a few of us could do it but we didn't dare try it because one your coach is going to get mad two you're probably going to take a cross check in the mouth <laughs> yeah yeah you're right absolutely uh the whole idea back uh, when I played was uh, no hot dogging. And that yes. certainly would have fell into uh, a hot dog move. Like uh, between anything between your legs would have been a hot dog move. Uh, it was seen as 
uh, insulting the other team. That, that's probably, you know, it's safe to say, you know, out the window and that we can marvel at it, uh, you know, but it's still a high risk, you know, play, which uh, reaps the rewards when it's done well, but can be scrutinized still to, in today's game if it doesn't go well. Uh, but the only thing, you know, and I'll, I'll use um, Trevor Zegris, who is a phenomenal talent in Anaheim as a, as an example of a guy that, you know, is known more for that move than probably anything else he's done, which yeah. is, which is okay for maybe a little while, but, you know, as your career progresses and you want to be taken seriously as a, as a top player or uh, a leader or a captain one day, that's, that's not all you want to be known for. And the only way you change the perception of, of being very skilled to being a winner and a champion is to win. And unfortunately it hasn't happened yet for, for Anaheim and it hasn't happened for Trevor Zegras, but at some point he's going to have to show people that he's more than just the Michigan, or he's just more than this trickster uh, that can get lots of likes and followers on Instagram. And at the end of the day, Brady, that's all that it's all about is winning championships and, and, and being that guy that can say that, uh, you know, I, I did it. I, I won and I'm a champion and, you know, not, not to lump in Connor McDavid with Zegris, but he's going through something now and, you know, whether or not we think he's halfway through his career or, you know, or not, you know, he still hasn't won at the, at the NHL level at the, at, uh, with the Stanley Cups. And we talk about him as being one of the best players in the history of the game, yet he doesn't want to be remembered as one of the best players in the history of the game that never won anything in the NHL. Uh, and I'm not talking about Hart trophies, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Rocket Richard trophies. I'm talking about the only one that really matters to these guys, and that's the Stanley Cups. So that's those great players are doing great things on the ice, but the number one focus has been and will always be winning your last game of the season. And that's carrying the Stanley cup. Yeah. And you were, you were lucky enough to do that. Many guys play, you know, 15, 20 years and don't even get close, right? Yeah. Some guys don't even get out of the first round, second round. Um, what a what a moment that would have been, I guess, to to hoist the Stanley Cup, yeah. especially and, and because you're you're first generation Canadian, right? Tell people yeah. a little bit about you know your your family's from you know your dad's Greek, yes. right? Came over from yes. Greece. That's right. Uh, just turned ninety, Brady. Wow! Uh, uh, during the Christmas holidays, so uh, he's doing terrific. He speaks of uh, thirty years ago this June as if it happened yesterday. I had my mom and dad on the float, uh, Canyon of Heroes, uh, in in New York uh, during the parade. So uh, you know, it's it's built to last a lifetime, and it's built to 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 speak of as if it happened yesterday. But uh, that's what every player wants. That's that's the dream. Uh, it's something that money can't buy. It's not about uh, career earnings. It's about uh, career moments uh, that, that last a lifetime. So uh, 30 years, if you can believe it, since wow. we won the Stanley Cup this June. 
Wow. Cause it's even for me as a kid, it seems, it doesn't seem like that long ago, right? That, that yeah. for you, for you, it was a rejoice and celebration for me. It was, you know, go cry myself to sleep in the pillow. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, undrafted, right? You're undrafted. Um, you've written a book about it, which I have a signed copy. Thank you very much. I read it. I love it. Um, yeah. Give me some. Give me some advice for for yeah. some hockey players who maybe didn't get drafted, and, and what does that road look like for them in today's world? And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot more of us than uh, the blue chip prospects, right? The can't miss kids, the first overalls uh, that are almost destined for uh, superstardom, uh, if not Hall of Fame careers. But the the book is basically, as you had mentioned earlier, you know, my upgrim- uh, upbringing. Uh, Greek community, uh, Greek parents. Uh, my dad came over uh, in his teens. Uh, you know that 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 immigrant story of being the first one over, and then bringing his brothers over, and then his his mom and his sister, and then just starting a life basically uh, no different than I did through professional hockey, where you know maybe the odds are stacked a little bit up uh, against you. But then just finding different ways uh, to get to the same destination. And, yeah, maybe for the likes of a, a, Stam, a Stamkos and a Pat Kane, it's a nice, smooth, paved road. And mine's got some dirt on it and a dead end that I got to find another way. And, you know, a few more twists and turns. But you hope to get to the same place. Uh, and, you know, a little bit about your story, about uh, – you know, feeling sometimes where doors are closed or uh, someone's not listening to you or, you know, your voice hasn't been heard enough or your play hasn't been seen enough. It's about overcoming. It's about uh, finding ways to get over those obstacles. And, and that's basically been that, that my story throughout, not only just my hockey career, Brady, but my one in broadcasting and, 21 years of, uh, of, of being a broadcaster. And then I had a bit of a, uh, a two year uh, lull in terms of uh, just kind of resetting and, you know, opportunities open up again that you didn't necessarily see. And uh, I would have told you that once again, the odds would have been overwhelmingly uh, uh, against me to, to go back to Sportsnet to do a daily show or, to end up on a on a panel for the Toronto Maple Leafs with Elliot Friedman and Justin Bourne and, and David Amber, so uh, it, it that's where I am today. And it's uh, once again th- making those threads throughout my life that I hope you know people uh, can relate to, and uh, you know much like your story that you just have to persevere. Uh, as human beings, uh, we're built to persevere. We're built to be uh, 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 people that uh, can come through in many different ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that's why we keep going, man. That's why we keep the foot on the, on the pedal. And, you know, no, no doesn't mean no in terms of nothing ever happening good against in your life. No just means uh, not no, it means no, not right now. But it doesn't mean tomorrow or the next day I can't turn a no into a yes. So that's that's the story of Undrafted.
I love that. I love that. I had to give you the horn on that one. That's that's great. That's great advice, honestly. And and it's so important, I think, even for people who are non-hockey players that may be watching or listening to this, just as humans, we are built to persevere. We are all so much stronger yeah. um, than we realize. And that's something that, you know, took me probably too long, uh, that longer than I'd care to admit or maybe want to realize. But but at the end of the day, we we do have it within us to 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 get through things and yeah. to keep going. And you know, you had to kind of re recarve your path. You were tell me a little bit about your time in North Bay because I spend some time up there with the battalion yeah. and I work with some of their players and the old memorial. That actually that arena was the first place where I put my skates back on inside, like in a rink after ten wow. years. And I and every time I go up there, I just has a very special feeling about yeah. that rink. It's. Uh... It's small town hockey in Canada. You know, we, we can go across the country and uh, yes, we've got what, 60 teams in the CHL and some of these uh, small towns that just love their, their game of hockey and North Bay was no different. Uh, still have great friends up there. Uh, the Lloyds, uh, the Dagos who uh, took me into their home uh, and uh, greatest, some of the, my greatest memories uh, in my life. Being up there as a as a 16, 17 year old, uh, just starting out, scared to death, not yeah. knowing what's going to happen. My mom and dad are are three and a half hours away from me, but it might as well have been three hundred, you know, hours away from me, right? Because you are on your own. You're making decisions on your own that will shape your life, and uh, uh, nothing made me feel more alive. Than being in that scenario as a as a young kid, you know, taking charge of of your life. So, uh, just incredible, incredible memories uh, in North Bay included, uh, including ice fishing, you know, on Lake Nipissing yeah. uh, with the likes of uh, our captain Rob Degagne, Kevin Vessio, and uh, Bucky Bywater. How are how, how are those for names? Uh, Bucky Bywater. I love that. So that's a, that's at the top of the list. Bucky yes. Bywater. I got some friends that are probably itching. I think they might even be out. I think it's a little bit colder up there. They're probably maybe ice fishing right now. They've been bugging me to get out there for a couple of years. I got to get yeah. out. there. Got to get out there. Yeah. Um, you were a, an all-star in the OHL. I know we're kind of hitting that yeah. time limit. I, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. No, I know I'm, you're a but you're an OHL all-star. And, you know, had a tremendous amount of offensive success. And, and that was sort of your identity, maybe. I know you yeah. had a lot of PIMS, too. You're big and tough and you did it all. But when you get to that next level, <clears throat> and I've seen this so many times, and, and I've just I've played with and against guys that were really high draft picks, but they maybe had a cup of coffee because they weren't going to be the top six guy when they get, they're not going to replace Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl on that first line power play. And that's all they've done their whole career yeah. up to that point. So tell me about that transition from going to like an all-star into more of like a, I, I don't know, a yeah. secondary role, if you will. And, and, yeah. and what, what that's like. Well, yeah, again, um, you know, if you, you know, read my book on drafted. Uh, it, it speaks about that, uh, that transition period that you're, you're talking about uh, Brady and just the uh, you know, it speaks to a little bit of what we're talking about in terms of uh, being resilient and, and having the uh, ability to adapt and overcome. And, you know, I did not want to be denied 
uh, a hockey career. I didn't want to be denied a chance to play professional, uh, fulfill my dream of being in the National Hockey League. And I didn't want to uh, stereo, be a stereotypical goal scorer where you're like, that's all you can do. And I'm like, okay, just tell me what needs to be done and I'll do it. And to your point, uh, that meant being more of a, a secondary role, an energy player, uh, being a great guy in the dressing room, being someone that uh, can can be a glue guy in any way, shape, or form for the team on and off the ice. That's what I wanted to turn myself into. So, you know, if there's if there's a, a choice between me and another player, please pick the one that has a better attitude. Please pick the one that uh, is a better teammate. Please pick the one that uh, can can uh, make make players feel safer on the ice yeah. and off the ice. To your point, uh, strength in numbers. You're going through something. Then I want a Nick Kiprios beside him yeah. because I think Nick Kiprios has the right attitude and it will resonate and reflect and ripple through the room. So all these things came into my mind that uh, – you know, I, I didn't have to score two or three goals a night. There's different ways. We don't need uh, 20, 50 goal scorers on the team because we know that would never work. We need a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of that. And then you just assess the situation and then act accordingly. And that's what I was able to do coming out of junior hockey where, you know, my last few years I was averaging, uh, you know, over a goal a game. So uh, it wasn't enough at the pro level. I had some success in the American Hockey League. We scored, uh, uh, I scored 24 goals the year we won the Calder Cup in Hershey, which was great. But I just couldn't take that, that 25, 30 goal scoring uh, up to the NHL. So uh, I still found a way to be on a fourth line, check, hit, fight, whatever it took to make the guys feel good in the room. I wanted, I wanted the coach and general manager to say, hey, listen, we can't get rid of Nick Kiprios. He's a, he's a big part of that dressing room. I love that. I think that's, that's – it's so important. And just something that I just don't – I just don't think it gets stressed enough. I think even maybe a little bit more now. But I, I miss that. Like I didn't have anybody around that, that really emphasized how important that kind of stuff was. And <clears throat> not to say I wasn't. I, there was different times when, when I was those things as well. But I just think – there's a there's a way that we can better prepare these athletes, um, you know, for for what they're gonna encounter. Just even moving to a place like North Bay for me, it was yeah. Swift Current, very much like North Bay. The rink is even very similar, um, and, and that's sort of kind of what I what I try to do when these young players reach out yeah. is just give them a little bit of advice because for me, lived experience talking to somebody who's been there, regardless of what it is, it is worth so much more than. More than reading it from a textbook, yeah. if you can hear it firsthand from somebody and learn from somebody firsthand, at least for me, that's been the been the way that I've yeah. had the most success. What about it's, fighting? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go I was ahead. just gonna say just one more one more note on that is that you know you got to be in the right place in your in your life too, because sometimes you know we can get caught up into our our own situation or see things uh, through our own lens, uh, but eventually as you get older or, you know, whether or not, you know, you're, you're born with intuitive uh, instincts, but you know, the vision of where you stand 
cannot be like tunnel vision, right? It's got to open up, right? It's got to be able to, you have to be able to sit there and say and envision what it would be like to be in someone else's shoes. And you've got to start with that empathy. And when you have it, you have it for teammates, you have it for, for fans, you have it for, you know, even your, your opposition to the point where you have to respect them, right? I mean, you may not like them, you want to beat them, but there has to be a level of respect. But once you're able to kind of look at a, at a, at a wider lens is, is when you start learning more about yourself and others, but you cannot be selfish. You cannot come in to a, a team with a what's in it for me attitude constantly because those guys get weaned out very talented players a lot more than me never got that cup of coffee you're talking about because they just couldn't see anything past themselves mm. yeah i know a few guys like that myself <laughs> and, yeah. and there's there's many stories like that and and the guys in the room like that you're talking about are, you know, keep making, making them feel safe on and off the ice or, or making them feel part of a team can sometimes be like, I've walked into dressing rooms in different teams and, you know, guys aren't even acknowledging you exist. Like it's, that's yeah. a tough place to be. Right. I want to yeah. ask you, I want to ask you a couple more questions. We'll let you go here. I know yeah. you fought quite a bit. Um, it obviously, you know, your career ended and not maybe the way that you would have ever wanted it to, but how was it for a guy like you when you knew that, you know, the one, the one season you had almost like what, 30 points and 300 and something penalty minutes in yeah. Hartford or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is that like for you a night before a game, you know, when you know you got any number of certified killers on the other side? <laughs> like, how did how did you handle that the night yeah. before? Were you a guy that could sleep? Were you looking like, are they right-handed? Are they left-handed? Yeah. Like, give me a little bit of insight on that. Not, not as much as others uh, that I've had as teammates. And, you know, I never considered myself a heavyweight to go up against the likes of, uh, of a Marty McSorley or a Bob Prober. Or, and I'm talking about some of the toughest guys to ever play in the history of our game were through my era. Uh, but I never envisioned myself having to be that guy that had to deal with them on a nightly basis. Now, I did come up against a few of them, but if it did, it happened because I was able to stay in the moment. I wasn't I wasn't drawn to it the night before where some of my teammates couldn't sleep with the anxiety of knowing that they may have to do this. You know, one of the things that I was able to do throughout my career was kind of just stay in the moment and not look too far uh, back, not look too far ahead. And, uh, you know, when it did, when it did come around, you know, I just made the, the quick decision to, to do it. Uh, but, you know, I, I felt my other teammates with the, uh, the, the anxiety or the stress of it. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not a good thing to go through. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, Brady, I, I never worried about winning a fight or losing a fight. All I cared about was just showing up with the right message. And it never bothered me if I ended up on the bottom of a pile. You know? yeah. But I just... What I what I would have felt worse was if I never showed up at all, right? right? Yeah. And I, uh, the only thing I, I I hoped for all the time was I I I wouldn't get hurt and I wouldn't embarrass my team. So I, I think for the most part, other than the 
the career ender. I did a, I, I did a decent job at that, but you know, when, when it all came back to, uh, you know, the, the timing of that incident and whether or not I wanted to continue or just stop and move on, uh, I made the right decision. I retired a little early, but I think I ultimately made the right decision. Well, listen, when you when you get 300 plus PIMs in in one season, there's probably a good chance you're going to end up on the bottom of the pile at least <laughs> once. <laughs> so right. That's just the way it goes. And, and there's no doubt that you showed up for it. I, one of my last questions for you here is I, I just can't understand why a guy like you hasn't got into coaching. You have such a great hockey mind. You see the game when everybody else says something and they think they're right. You can come in and see it from a different way. And I'm just like, wow. Like, and you're patient about it. You sit back, you listen, you see the game, you know, the game, you know, people in the game. Like I just, I, I watch your show and I'm like, why isn't this guy coaching in the NHL? Uh, thank you. That's uh, I take that as a high compliment coming from you. So uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Listen, uh, once I retired uh, within two or three months, I got into broadcasting and, I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed the people there and it just never really came around. Now, if you ask me honestly, would, uh, would I ever consider getting into it? Uh, the, the answer is yes, I would. Uh, but once again, much like my broadcasting career, it's something that would probably take a lot of time, effort, commitment. Where do you start? Do you start at junior? Do you start in the American Hockey League? college uh can i can i get on an nhl bunch uh on an nhl bench uh as an assistant uh, associate coach w where do you really start and what type of commitment do you want to put into that at, at my age right now so you know if you wanted to go back 25 years and say okay i'm in uh it's a big difference than at my age at 57 but i appreciate the comments and i do feel like every time you know, you watch it a, a season or uh, you're it's another year that you're a little older, a little wiser. You can have your comparables to when you play to when you cover the game 10 years later or, you know, up until the last few years. Uh, uh, time is a wonderful teacher uh, mm. and, you know, to 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 absorb and then reassess what you think. What you thought you knew 10 or 15 years ago could be vastly different the way you think today. Yeah. Uh, there's no substitute for experience and, uh, and being a little wiser over the years. So I'm happy what I'm doing again right now. I got uh, great friends, great family, uh, wonderful uh, shows like yours to be a part of. Uh, in many ways, I, I do feel like at times I, I'm coaching or I'm teaching or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm passing on some of the things that I've learned over the years. It's just not in the traditional sense of, of being behind a bench. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, every day I listen, I, I'm learning. So, and, and so you're absolutely right about that. I, I can't tell you enough how much I, I absolutely love the show. I think you guys have a great thing going on there. I'm a huge fan of Doug Thanks, McLean. Is, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of off the rail Fridays as well. When, when <laughs> Doug McLean pops in. You guys hey, have such he's, a funny. He's nuts. I think he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doug McLean's nuts, but uh, in a good way. Yeah. Where he uh, he can he can entertain us with uh, his uh, ten million stories. He's got a story for everything. 
That's right. Um, how far away are we from seeing a Leafs, the Leafs win the Stanley Cup and what do they need to do? Well, I tell you what, if, if we were to ask uh, 10 hockey uh, people, including you, uh, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, we may have 10 different answers. So in saying that, I think it speaks that the Leafs might be a little closer than a lot of other people think. All depends on where their goaltending is. All depends on maybe adding one more experienced defenseman. Is that Chris Tanev in Calgary? They seem to have uh, their star players, uh, you know, carrying a, a good portion of the freight. But uh, where does Max Domi play in all this come playoff time and, and yarn crock? But they're, they can win and they can score. And you don't ever sleep on watching the Leafs be down 4-1, because if you blink, uh, they may be up a goal. But it'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. And if they make a couple of moves here and there, Brady, let's see where this thing all plays out. I just think it would be so great for the game. And I've lived in Ontario for four or five years now, and I just want it so bad for the people of Ontario. <laughs> like, even more than I want the Canucks yeah. to win, do I want the Leafs to win? But to be honest with you, I think I'd like to see Edmonton win just for, for Sam to win one. But I'm a it's just I'm, bring it back on Canadian soil right now. Let's that's start right. There. And uh, I love what you're like. We could, I could sit here and talk to you all day, but the Max Domi situation, and I'm unbiased. I'm friends with him. He's been great to me. I've been to a couple games uh, courtesy of him this year, been able to take my daughter. He's just incredible human. I but love hearing I, that. I really think he's 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 playing good hockey and yes, uh, yes. And, and needs a, a bigger opportunity more. Just let him go out on the first power play once in a while. Just give him something. Just let him yeah. feel good about it, right? I don't know, man. I just, uh, I think we'll we'll cap it there. But I would love to have you again on in the future. I know you're a super busy guy, but just know that uh, I'm watching from Muskoka every day. If it's not live, even if I'm yeah. in my car, man, I'm watching it playback. I'll watch the game later so I can watch next <laughs> first. And that's no bullshit. That's a hundred hundred percent the truth. So um, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Keep up the good work. And like I said, yeah. I just can't thank you enough for for doing this. Uh, not just this time, but the time before when maybe nobody. Uh, really know who I was. I think it was Doug McLean. I owe a thank you to, to for that one to to help get you on. I even use his uh, little promo sometimes on a video. Of, he brought Good. up support shirt on your show, your old show, um, when you're doing it, and I play it every now and again. It's pretty funny. So, yeah. Well, listen, the the, the feelings mutual with the work that you've done. I'm looking forward to Hockey Day in Canada. See you, hear your story, uh, keep up the great work. You're an inspiration to so many. Uh, millions out there. I mean, we know what the internet can do now and how much they can cover globally. So the, you, you got you got fans everywhere, Brady. Thank you, Kip. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. And uh, hopefully with one of these times I'm down in Toronto, we can grab a coffee or something right. since I, since yeah. I don't drink. Otherwise I'd say for a little Buddha, but uh, I can't, I can't partake <laughs> in that unless you guys got a non-alcoholic side. Coffee is great. <laughs> All right, Kipper. Thanks so much for doing this, buddy. We'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, guys, that's the best. That guy's the best. I could have done that all day. I think we're running out of space on the cameras here. How are we doing, guys? We're good? We're good? Mike and Zach here. Can't thank you guys enough, too, for for being a part of uh, this and... um, Yeah, I'm going to bring it back. A few minutes here. Uh, We're going to give away a hat or two. Thank you very much to 
Nick Kiprios. I'm going to play one promo video. You're going to see Kipper and Doug McLean here in a minute. Uh, the show is brought to you proudly by Puck Support, PuckSupport.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. A hat. This is this was given to me by Brady Levo, who started this group called Puck Support. And I'll tell you what, it's a great organization. Brady sent me this. Uh, That's it, awesome. This, I've been on Brady's show. Brady uh, is a kid that played uh, major junior hockey. Was with the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning for a short time. Had had uh, some major drug challenges in his young career, and he's taken this upon himself to help families who have who have had challenges and lost lost young players because of mental health. This hat I have on has a logo on the inside of it with Todd Hewen's name on it. Todd played for me in St. Yeah. Louis, and he That's had, right. you know, obviously we lost Todd a number of years ago. This T-shirt has, oh, my God, Bob Probert's name on the inside of it. And that's what they do with all the things. So, look, if you can check it out. All right. That's uh, thank you to Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios for, for plugging puck support. Back on Real Kipper. He's now Real Kipper and born. Uh, Doug was mentioning, in case you're new to the show and you're not familiar with puck support, is something that that we do and something that is extremely important to me is remembering and honoring those hockey players that have sadly passed away by suicide or overdose. And if you were here at the beginning of the show, you would have heard me say it's now a hundred and 15 just that i'm aware of one is too many 115 is just completely unacceptable so what we do here at puck support is we remember those hockey players in ways like this right here in my shirt i have daniel minor today former barry colt I've talked a lot about Daniel on this show, and I will continue to talk a lot about Daniel on this show. He sadly passed away of an overdose in 2021. I never had the chance to meet Daniel, but after he passed away, I reached out to his family, his mom, his dad, his wife, his sister. I've met his son, his niece, his nephew. And I've spent quite a bit of time down in the Dunville area with the miners, and they've been a huge support of mine and puck support and more than anything they become family and there's other families who have lost loved ones as well who i also consider family it's a way to not just remember the ones that we've lost but also bring those people who have lost loved ones together because you, we've talked about it on the show time and time again you heard it here today when you feel like you're not alone or if you can talk to somebody who's gone through something that you've gone through it can be game-changing. I just want to say thank you to the Miner family. I love you guys dearly. I know this is not easy. Anytime, anytime I talk about Daniel and bring it up, but we've agreed a few years ago how important it is to share stories like Daniel. He's behind me on the wall. He's in a lot of my, my hoodies and my hats. I'm really grateful for you guys. I'm sure you're watching down there in Dunville. If you are, throw it up in the chat. All right, let's get to the giveaway. 
get my foot wedge out. I can't get my phone connected to, uh, I can't get my phone connected to, uh, to my roadcaster for, for some reason here. Let me, give me a minute. But while we're doing that, January 20th, hockey day in Canada, parts of this podcast potentially, but my story will be, will be part of that broadcast. And, uh, I got Mike and Zach here right now. And I just want to say thank you to them was able to go to Edmonton with them as well, catch up with Sam Gagne. We got to take in a game and get to know each other. Uh, the three of us did. And uh, I'm just super grateful that, number one, they they wanted to work on my story, but also just really, really happy to have you guys as friends now as well, because I'm sure this is not going to be uh, where, this, where this ends. We got it? Oh, hold on. We almost got it. Stick with me. Keeps wanting to pick up my cricket machine. I don't know why. I could just throw it on speakerphone. Let's see. One more try. One more try. Be patient. That's what they keep telling me. Oh, there we go. Boom. See, sometimes. Try, try, try again. We got it. All right. Got a little trivia question for you which team was nick kiprios drafted by call 705-205-5123 i threw it in the chat it might take a minute because the broadcast is behind See if we can see if we can invite somebody into the conversation here. I haven't done this in a while. See if we can patch somebody through. 705-205-5123 for one of two puck support hats. First person to call is going to get their choice. Which team was Nick Kiprios drafted by? Don't throw it in the chat. I want you to call the number. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Who we got? Got some shy people on here. Oh, wait. My focus might be on. Someone's trying to call. We got anybody out there? Which team was Nick Kiprios drafted by? 705-205-5123. There we go. Unknown caller. Hello. Can you hear me? Let me see. Got you through. We got you. Are you there? Try the next one. Hello? We got you? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm in America, so I don't have, like, service overseas. Sorry. You're in... Where are you calling from? Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana. Yes. And who are we talking to? Uh, Jackie Harner. Jackie Harner. Which team did Nick Kiprios get drafted by? 
Hmm. I know. He, let's see. Let me think. Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you a a, a tip. It's it's right okay. on. It's right on his book. If you look at the screen. Let's see if we got it. I appreciate you calling. We'll give we'll give you we'll give you a little bit of time here if you can see the screen. Uh, I'm legally blind, so indebted. Sorry, I can't. Someone in Argentina says, "Sorry, can't call." I'm in Argentina. Can you see the screen? Were you watching? Yeah, I'm. I'm legally blind, unfortunately. What's the name of his book? Undrafted. So which? So you wouldn't draft by anybody. Aha! Here we go. We got it. Sorry. No, that's okay. Please, Thanks please. for calling. We had a bunch of other people calling. I wasn't going to hang up on you, but uh, thank you to everybody no who called. Jackie, congratulations. Hey, while we're on here, which hat would you like? Do you want the? Do we want the mesh back or the non mesh back? We can talk about it at another time. If there's another hat you like, too, you can have that one. But send me a message. We'll get it out to you this week. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, man. Peace. Thank you so much for your support. We'll chat soon. Thanks, hey, Jackie. No All of Jackie Harner from Bloomington, Indiana. How cool is that? That's the power of the internet right there. We had a couple people, went to no service, went to voicemail. Thank you to everybody else who tried to uh, to call. Um, I think that's pretty much it for me here today. I want to give a couple of horns here for, for Nick Kiprios. And thank you again to everybody uh, who's you know, supported me over the last almost four years. I'm telling you, without your support, I'm not alive. And I'm not just saying that. I took a chance back in March of 2020, and I started to share my story through this podcast right here. I didn't own a computer. I didn't even have a pair of shoes that weren't issued from the local jail. I literally had nothing. All I had was this idea that maybe my story could help one person. Against my dad's advice, which he said, maybe you shouldn't do that. It might just embarrass you. I did it. And for once it paid off, not listening to my dad. And I found out real quick that I wasn't alone. And I'm reminded daily how many people are struggling out there. If you are one of them. I want you to know that you're not alone, no matter what you're going through. There are people in this world who have gone through or are going through what you've gone through or are going through. You are not alone. Vulnerability is strength. Asking for help was the best thing that I ever did. It started with asking for help from one person. I was able to talk about some of the things that happened to me when I was a kid. Still not easy to talk about, but the moment that I was able to do that was the moment that I started to heal and I'm still healing likely will be for the rest of my life, but that's okay. It's your support that keeps me going. That has kept me going among other things, the stories that the messages that I get, that's what keeps me going. I'm going to get to a couple of comments after we wrap up the show here. Maybe we'll give away one more hat. Who sings hockey to hell and back? Throw it in the chat. First one is going to win. Who sings the song hockey to hell and back? Do you know? 
playing right now. If anybody knows the artist of Hockey to Hell and Back, throw it in the comments. I'm going to leave the video. I'm going to play this song out once again so you'll have about three minutes if nobody answers we'll try again next podcast make sure you're following at mental health hockey at puck support go check out pucksupport.com use promo code hope it'll save you a 15 percent off Get yourself a hoodie like this. It's okay to be not okay. Mental health over hockey. Maybe you just like the puck support logo. Got a lead with kindness one hanging around somewhere. I'm telling you, everywhere I go with puck support stuff on, I get stopped. And I get messages with people saying, hey, I walked into an arena wearing mental health over hockey. And for once, for once, I wasn't complaining or listening to complaining about my kids or another kids ice time from another parent in fact i found out that whoever will say tom actually struggles with bipolar or anxiety or drug or alcohol drugs or alcohol that's the power of puck support and and the power of being vulnerable so be a game changer get some puck support gear send us your pictures we would love to post it on our social media until next time be kind to one another I'm going to cry. Find some gratitude. And as always, have a great day if you so choose. Hockey was my life, rookie of the year. Swift as a Bronco, laced up in my gear. Past the pain when insane, yearning for that buzz. Twelve your journey through the depths of hell. Criminal fentanyl, I struggled, I fell. Alright, I'm back for a moment. I'm back for a moment. My guy, Matthew Meanser from Buffalo, New York, now lives in Ushuaia, Argentina, which is the most southern part before you get like way south. It's the furthest you can go. He's been a guest of the show. This guy makes hockey sticks out of a certain wood that only grows down in Ushuaia, Argentina. And he has grown the game of hockey in a, the most Southern place in the world more than anybody. He helps people get skates and sticks and they travel, they play roller hockey, ice hockey. He coaches. And it's been kind of hard to, to get him any puck support merch. But now we're, we're going to send him a hat. I'm going to pay the shipping out of my pocket. And I'm going to send you some extra stuff so you can give it away down there in Ushuaia, Argentina. He's been a guest, but also an avid listener of this show. So, Matthew, thank you. Chad, Charles Campbell is the singer of Hockey to Hell and Back. All right, guys, that's it. We'll be back next Monday night, I think. Stay tuned for the guest. Men 
mental health of a hockey. Gotta get people talking. The kind of chain up a game beat is real, but the soul is low. It ain't changes for my former convictions. Now I live for the fuck addiction. I've got honest to honor the ones we lost. Finally doing what I'm meant to do. Strap on your blade, you can follow me too. Give me your ear, new hockey and healing back podcast. Can't sleep, restless week. Up all night, I dread a beat. I need to get my life here back on track. Emotions drained, I can't stop crying. Self-addiction, 